When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is May 2nd, and this is the Bruins Beat, presented by FanDuel on CLNS Media. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Uh, I usually open with saying, hope you're having a great day, a great week. But I'm assuming if you're a Bruins fan, you're probably not having the greatest day or week. Um, Crazy series. Insane. No one saw it coming uh, before. Obviously, as the series was going along, it was becoming more and more clear that the Bruins were unraveling and the Panthers had found something. Um, And Connor Ryan and I got into it. On this episode, talking about it, um, what it means, the legacies of Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, what their futures are, uh, what went wrong in this series. Uh, Jim Montgomery had a really bad series. We got into that. Uh, and we did this live. I don't know if you guys caught this. We did it live on YouTube uh, on Monday. So uh, maybe you've already seen it, uh, but it's out there. Um, so we acknowledge some comments in the, in the podcast, but it shouldn't be that much different uh, than it typically is. Uh, so we get into all that and more in this episode. Uh, and as you listeners know, you and I have been, to, we've, we've, uh, we've watched the Bruins do quite a lot in the past couple of years. And this is, I think up there with game seven against St. Louis in 2019, but uh, I will let this conversation speak for itself. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> All right, we are doing Bruins Beat Live today. That is Connor Ryan. I am Evan Marinovsky. Uh, Connor, I don't think I have to ask how you're doing, but how are you doing? Evan, I'm here. How are you? I am also present and accounted for, as are you. Uh, I think we are all still shocked that this happened. Um. I think there's a lot of different words we could use for this. And, um, you know, people saw my instant reaction on the post game show last night. Hopefully people have went and read uh, your boston.com column on the season or on the game uh, that was very well written and summed things up uh, perfectly, I thought. Um, I think everyone's just sort of stunned. And we're going to get into a lot of different topics today along a lot of different things. But I just want to start with your first reaction to all of this and to, and to what's taken place over the last week, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think first off, you got to give credit to the uh, Panthers for capitalizing, smelling blood in the water. You know, I think for multiple podcasts, right. I think we all will admit we have egg on our face in terms of being like the Bruins are in control. They got this Panthers are a very flawed team. Uh, They punched you in the mouth multiple times. And in that uh, game seven, uh, you let them hang around, and they played a great, uh, you know, road playoff game. Had sticks in passing lanes, clogged up the neutral zone, did everything 
a road team needs to do to topple a higher seeded opponent. So I think all the credit in the world to uh, the Panthers and what they did in this series. That being said, uh, just a complete unraveling uh, by the Boston Bruins in so many different facets, right? I mean, this is what I think we saw play out over the last couple of uh, days was a far cry from what we saw for months on end, right? In terms of you got a team that posted 65 wins off of, you know, uh, professionally locking down games, snuffing out scoring chances, uh, shutting things down in the third period, uh, gave up multiple third period goals uh, throughout these last couple of games. You look at a team that, um, you know, it was anchored by veterans, but also had a coach that seemed to always push the right buttons. Far from it in the playoffs, right? I mean, every single decision I think that Jim Montgomery made uh, just imploded in spectacular fashion. It wasn't like just one thing went the wrong way. It was, I think, I think Jack Edwards called it the Hindenburg. It was like he that. did. He said the Hindenburg days. collapse. Yeah, th- th- there was multiple Hindenburgs. All at the same. Every single day was a new Hindenburg blimp uh, exploding. So um, whether it's uh, you know the lineup switches, game five, you're wasting that first period in a game where you otherwise really dominated puck play by splitting up Marchand and Bergeron, swapping out uh, Grizzly and Clifton in game six, leading to a couple of really brutal chances, and then again the goaltending rotation where. You run with it all season long, and then you you decide to make Olmark the number one. And I get that that's how usually things are done in the playoffs, but uh, you won sixty five games. You won them by not t- uh, you know tweaking your lineup all that much and rolling out a very uh, effective goal rotation. Maybe roll with the same uh, approach you had when you smashed everyone's teeth in from October through April instead of overthinking things. So, uh, and again, it also comes down to the players on the ice, right? I mean just not poised with the puck at all brutal decision making um you know couldn't get the puck out couldn't solve florida's forecheck over over this seven game playoff series i mean just up and down just a complete implosion and yes again you give florida credit they deserve it they they toppled goliath in this matchup but maybe the bruins weren't what we thought they were right because you just look at how poorly they played and it is uh, as you said, I think staggering at the uh, this team's ability to underachieve in this series. You nailed it. They were not who we thought they were. They duped us. They duped every person who I think watched that team this year. The vibes were so high. Um, everything looked to be going their way. I know the Stanley Cup playoffs are crazy, but for some reason, everyone was kind of like, no, I know they were nasty in the regular season. That doesn't usually translate to playoff success. But this team is different. Bergeron and Krejci and the veteran core and the depth and the great defense and the goalie tandem and the coach who seems to be pushing all the right buttons. And none of it worked. I mean, none of it worked. And it was a different team. I mean, like a different team. The Panthers were the better team over the course of this series. They played the, they found something with the Bruins uh, and it, you know, the, the Bruins try to come out of their own zone and you put pressure on them crumbled crumbled and you saw that with Seattle this year when Seattle would do that and we would say like teams should kind of pick up on this because this is interesting I don't think it's going to derail them but it's something to watch nope derailed them completely derailed them in that series I mean just the mistakes the mistakes I mean you know that's why the Bruins didn't deserve to win this series after games five six and seven they had mistakes in the first four games but somehow came out three to one and we said you know what this is the same, you know, the Bruins had these stretches throughout the year where they weren't that great, but they would always find ways to win. And it's the Panthers. Of course they'll do it. And that didn't happen at all. 
didn't come close to happening, especially in games five, six, and seven. Um, but again, I think it just goes back to the regular season success. You know, we went off the regular season success so much, and why wouldn't we? What like what like what else was there? That was the the the, the evidence was so clear, and just none of it. And 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 to to implode the way they did, to unravel the way they did, especially in their own zone, especially in their own zone. I mean, I, like you know, you just you look at the final goal, right? Verhage's got the puck right there. Kachuk is all alone in front of Swayman. No one's touching him. No one's close to him. And I, I like it. Just it baffled me to see a team. I don't think I've seen a team. And granted, I we didn't cover the Lightning in 2019, so I, like we didn't watch them as closely as Lightning fans and media did. But I have not seen a team unravel so quickly in such a small amount of time to the point where you lose four of seven to the to, to an eight seed. Really, um, and again, credit to the Panthers. Like they completely unraveled the Bruins as you know, Paul Maurice said after the game, you know, this will be something that they'll, they'll use to their advantage for five years. Um, but you know, again, to me, this is the Bruins. They just completely gave it away. And I I'm, I'm just, I'm still shocked by it. I'm, I'm shocked because it, it's, yeah, we no. feel almost duped. So, yeah, no, it's, I mean, you just look at just, it was almost, it felt inevitable, right? When you get that goal from Pasternak and you're closing that game out. How many times do we see this team come through in critical stages during the regular season? Um, and, and just, you know, you look at the turnovers and just the carelessness with the puck. Uh, you know, I, I think I read a stat that the Bruins gave up eight five-on-five goals in this series that came within five seconds of a turnover. Yep. Brutal. Can't, can't, can't have that. And it, it just comes down to the fact this team just looks rattled uh, against this team, right? And um it's yeah, it's an indictment on just th- this team and you know everything they built because you know what means all of nothing now. You had sixty five wins, it was a great season. Felt like there was so much more to be had. Um, means nothing now. And you look at what the stakes are involved with it. I mean, they're catastrophic, right? Like I think people talk about twenty nineteen and what was worse. And I mean, I don't know. You're one game away from a cup, that stings. But I mean, this has got to be right up there because not only is it you had multiple chances to close out this team. You know, you should have buried that power play goal uh, off that too many men in game five. Martian has that breakaway. You cough up the, the game in overtime there. You score five goals down in Florida and can't beat that team, can't put them away. And then game seven is what it is. And when I think you look at the stakes involved of what the next steps are, it's crushing. Not, you know, you can even look past, I think, the record-setting performance. This team won 56 games, and that's all well and good. It's, it'd be crushing. You know, I'm not even looking at the record-setting uh, performance and those things, but when you look at just what was at stake with Bergeron and Krejci and everything involved, just crushing for the way that this season ended like this. Completely. Completely crushing. And there's so much second-guessing. And I know down the stretch, you know, we said, you know, how much should they be resting, guys? How much should they be going for the uh, for the record? And, and they rested for sure. They did do some resting. Um at the same time, you know, we always said, you know, hey, you know what? Don't don't intentionally lose games. Like if 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 you want to make the record kind of like a precursor to the playoffs and go for that, great. But you know, you even look at you know now, obviously it's hindsight, but playing Patrice Bergeron in that last game of the season, game eighty-two, herniated disc we learned in his back after um, uh, that he says after game seven, and it's like, well, there you go, like the, the injury there, and it could happen to anybody. But I mean, just the buttons that were pressed wrong 
And this is a thing that I I, I want to get into when you mentioned it uh, with Jim Montgomery, because um, there's going to be a lot of analysis and uh, obviously the players have to play and the players did not play, especially in their own zone, finishing uh, chances, uh, covering the front of their net. You had it in your uh, story, the heat map of this series at five on five. Embarrassing for the Bruins. I mean, like embarrassing, just like like they didn't even cover the front of their own net and they and they didn't. They didn't. Um, but Jim Montgomery really had a bad series, really had a horrible, no good, very bad series. And, you know, again, I think everyone understood his approach during the regular season of hands off players coach, you know, it's a veterans dressing room. He's a first year coach. Uh, let, you know, the, the veterans do what they got to do. But when you watch the Panthers unravel their lack of structure and the fact that the Bruins were no shows for the first half of game seven, overtime of game seven, in their own zone in game six. Like, you can go down the list of just, like, when the game two, like, the Bruins just didn't show up. And to lose three or four at home when you have home ice advantage, um, you know, the, the line juggling, the line juggle, like to to after game two, we talked about this. The panic in this team after losing one game, I I just I was shocked by it. And I think again, you know, when Jim Montgomery really had to coach, when it came down to pressing the right buttons, it all went haywire, and it was just a horrible series from him. Yeah, I, you, I mean, you look at this team, and uh, I think you make the argument that the Bruins probably were feeling. I don't know if cocky is the right word, but probably or maybe overlooked Florida in this matchup. But you know what? You also won 65 games. You should be a confident, poised team when you get to this point, right? Where I think you should be viewing yourself as the team to beat and the team that has been there before, you know, proved themselves over multiple uh, months of regular season play. But you get to the playoffs and like Jim Montgomery, like in the Bruins were, you know, were coached like scared. Like it's like you're doing all these things. You're overthinking a lineup that smashed the NHL's face in for months on end. And then you get away from it, right? Like you, you, you get away from your strengths, uh, whether it's the goalie rotation, overthinking that running Omar into the ground, not getting swimming in for, you know, game five or six, probably a completely different series. You're probably facing Toronto right now. And again, you could make the argument that Bruins get past the Panthers and if they keep on these flies, they're still doomed. Still, it's a clean slate. Every round is different. We saw what happens in 2011. We saw what happens in, in multiple series where 2013, the to, Bruins, yeah, that all, uh, series against the Leafs, they almost did the same thing they did last yeah, night in the series. All it takes is, uh, you know, a, a clean slate, survive in advance, so what have you. But um, I think you just look at the way they handled things and, and overthinking things and straying from this formula that they had perfected, more or less, for months on end. It just. It's bewildering. And, and I, I think when you look at Montgomery, yes, you know, you, you have the luxury of having a a veteran heavy team that you can defer to, but you're also the head coach. I mean, like, let me tell you, uh, deferring to goalie Bob when talking about the goalie uh, situation and why, why Swayman wasn't in until game seven, that's not great. This isn't like uh, friggin' Carmine, the computer that the Red Sox had. We input stuff and let that make the decisions for you. You're also the head coach. And it's, I don't know, it's whatever way you map it out. You know, it's like, remember in 2018 when the Red Sox won the World Series and every single move Cora made seemed to work out perfectly, right? Like, yes. you know, like pinch, you know, you had pinch hitters hitting home runs and everything worked out uh, just fine. Complete inverse uh, of Montgomery. Just every single decision, uh, one blew up in his face, but also like, I think 
when they happened, it was ones that we saw right away being like, doesn't seem right. You know, it's not like it was a gut feeling and one guy slots out of the lineup. And I think you just look at the moves he made and even like not announcing these lines and like being like, Oh, Craig, not going to do morning skate, but all of a sudden he's in for game six. You pull that crap when you're like the eight seed, like a plucky team like that, who's trying to catch a, a number one seed off guard. You're the Boston Bruins who won 65 games and you coach scared. You coached, you coached and ran like a, an underdog squad when you proved for months on end that you should be beating everyone else in the league. It's just, I think uh, Montgomery said it best. It's stupefying at how badly this series was handled. Yeah, if he wants to figure out what went wrong in the series, uh, he not only look need to look in the mirror. I mean, like just, I, and again, the whole idea of him, um, you know, no practices. There weren't a lot of practices during this series either, which is stupefying. Um, and, you know, even like, you know, Orloff and McAvoy had a horrible game six, and they started on defense in game seven. Like, and, 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 and Montgomery's comments for game seven were uh, stupefying again saying that the only issues he saw were in the offensive zone to clean that up. And it's like, are you just not, like, looking in the defensive zone? I I, I just, I couldn't quite understand that. Um, and so I just, I, 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 the Montgomery stuff, you know, I think a lot of people are going to call, there are going to be some people who call for him to be fired. Um, and I think that's not the right move. I don't. Um, I don't think this is a Grady Little situation, 2003 with the Red Sox. Um, I, but I do think this is a, a you know, Turns the heat up on his seat. It, you know, yes, you can use it as a learning experience. Other teams have done it. You learn from it as a coach. I completely get it. But to play scared, as you said, from game one through two, from the start of game one and two, um, I just, I don't get that. I, 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 where did the confidence go? And even, you know, even so after game four, um, you know, after game four, you're up 3-1 and, you know, the, you have Kachuk taking stupid penalty, trying to fight your goalie at the end of end of uh, game four. And it really was like, and the goalie tandem was the big thing. The goalie tandem kind of summarized up, uh, kind of summed up everything. Because it was the perfect example of they just strayed away from everything. And we understood going with Olmark. But clearly something wasn't right. And I know he made 41 of 43 saves in game four. But like game five really, like looking back, was the game to go to Swayman or at the very least, you put Swayman in halfway through Game Six when Omar's given up three or four goals. I don't understand why he just never did that. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's whatever way you map it out. It's just it's logic defying in terms of the way that the Bruins handled these things. It, it's and again, it's it makes it even more painful because these second guesses are all of them like loom large in a series where people can talk about like the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, 2019 and what that was. You know what? That team still had what? Kucherov was twenty six. Point was like twenty three. They were going to be back. Bruins. We'll see what happens, right? Like, and again, Not I'm great. sure we'll discuss that now. But um, what the future holds? But this was your shot, and you let you know self inflicted miscues and second guesses from behind the bench doom you against this team. It's just if you, if you told me this team was going to lose in seven hard fought games to Toronto again. It's the Leafs, but you can see that happening. You tip your cap and be like, what could have been? This one you say, it's the same thing. It's what could have been, but it's all off of what you did. It's, you know, that lack of urgency, the overthinking things, trying to be too fancy with the puck when you should just get pucks on net against Bobrovsky. All of it. Uh, it's All season long you heard about this team and the stakes involved and how much they're playing. They know what's at stake. 
Sure as hell didn't look like that in Game 7, did it, Evan? No, it didn't. Looked like a soft team, and Montgomery's kind of Mr. Rogers approach throughout the year looked like it completely just blew up. Uh, Connor, you hit on it, um, and I. this is heartbreaking for a lot of Bruins fans and onlookers. Uh, obviously, Patrice Bergeron, you know, um, emotional, what looked like a goodbye um, after Game 7. Um, you know, David Krejci, his future very much up in the air. Uh, the salary cap is not their friend right now. Uh, if you've taken a look at that, that is not too great. Um, but it's where, like, people, I think I've seen some stuff out there being like, oh, you know, after the Lightning loss, they went on to win two cups and the Red Wings. And remember the 2010 Bruins and they won in 2011? No, it's not quite that. This was a this was a last dance core. We said it all year. This was sort of the last shot at it. This will be a very different team next year. And yes, this is a... Good experience for guys like Swayman and McAvoy and Pasternak and Olmark and the next core, 100%. But this was your last chance with Patrice Bergeron and uh, David Krejci and maybe Brad Marchand. And you threw it out the window. Again, to a wildcard team. Who, again, won the President's Trophy last year. But I'm sorry, Mark Stahl, Eric Stahl. Radko Gudis, like, the, you know, these are serviceable NHL players. Not sure that they should be beating one seeds, uh, but they did. But they did. Um, so, I mean, just, like, this is going to be such a different team next year. And this was the last yeah. chance at it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's going to be a very fascinating offseason to see how they approach things. I don't think... You've got too much talent in place. And again, I'm sure people will be like, talent, you lost in the first round. But you got too much of a foundation in place. You can't just tear it down uh, with guys like McAvoy and Lindholm, who is dreadful. Oh, like Lindholm. Lindholm is uh, very high on my regular season Norris ballot. I will I will say that. And I think it was warranted off of how he played in the regular season. No show. No. No show in the playoffs, right? If uh, I saw I, correctly, you know, I think everyone's agree with that. I think he, I think he was the only... Uh, player on the Bruins that played every game that had no points. I want to say. Yeah. So I want. I, I'm gonna so, check that as you talk. <laughs> but sure. but you look at just the way this team is built. They still have a foundation in place with guys like Pasternak and um, you know the talent around. We'll see what happens in that. But you still have Olmark. You have Swayman, who's still young and is very talented as well. Um, you're gonna have to switch. You know, move some money around though. If you want like a guy like Bertuzzi back. Um, you probably have to move pieces off this roster. I think it's very much going to be like uh, a situation where it's, I think the Bruins view it more as a retool as, as opposed to a rebuild. Again, it all comes down to what Bergeron and Krejci do. I don't think Krejci's back. Bergeron, we'll see, right? But, um, you know, whether it's like, if you want to tell me next year they're going to roll out a line that's like Bertuzzi, Zaka, Pasternak, still going to get themselves uh, some goals. Like McAvoy and Lindholm on two different pairs. Like, regular season-wise, I'm saying this regular season, they're still going to be a very competitive team in terms of what they can, what they bring. Um, it's It just depends on just how high that ceiling is. I mean, hell, maybe you feel better about this team entering the playoffs with 48 wins, you know, and like 99 <laughs> to like 101 points as opposed to what they were, right? Maybe that's the better way to do it. But this isn't a team I think is going to bottom out. Or you know, miss the playoffs. So they're not. I think like the the Penguins this year or um, the Capitals. Like I, I think they still have a lot moving for them. They're gonna have to make some moves. Um, 
you know, whether it's, are you moving a goalie? Are you moving a guy like Hall or DeBrusque or something just for cap relief more than anything? Um, but I think you look at just the, the foundations you still have, have in place. Um, you look at, you know, saving some money by maybe giving a guy like Lauko a larger role or like Lysel, Lori or someone else like that. Again, that's, you know, Marines to be seen regularly they would fit into the lineup, but there's enough here that you're still going to, I think, have a competitive team out there, but it's not going to be remotely the same thing as what you saw this year, right? Like this year you had an abundance of riches. You're going to be tweaking on the fly, I think, in order to get, uh, get this team rolling, but um, it's going to be fascinating to see how they approach it. And again, I think there's, you, you lose in the first round, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think Bruins management did everything they could to put this team in the best possible spot, right? Like I don't put any blame on them for what they did of going all in. You give up, you know, first, second round picks, but it seemed like there was a moves that are going to put you over the top, right? So, um, but again, now it's a, whether it's the cap space you have, the bonus overages with Bertrand and Krejci's contracts, um, they have a lot of tinkering to do in terms of how they want to approach these things. And like no high draft picks, like yeah. none, none. Um, but I, I agree with you. I don't. This isn't on the front office. I, I got this. We were we said all season. Like you go for it this year. You put all the chips to the middle of the table, never thinking this would happen. This and by this I mean like losing in the wild card round. I don't mean like you know we didn't think that it would like they could lose in the second or the conference final or the Stanley Cup. But to this to this level, to what happened. Um, you hit it though, you hit it. I mean, it just it is mind-boggling that they just wilted, wilted. And you have to want. And this is a bigger picture thing going forward, and and you know coming out of last year. Because remember last year, Bruce Cassidy gets fired. Um, clearly lost the locker room. Uh, you know, veterans needed a new voice, things like that. They bring in Montgomery, who is the polar opposite of, of Bruce Cassidy. And they have this outstanding regular season and then wilt in the playoffs. And I will say, you know, if Bruce Cassidy was still here, I don't know if he could even still be here. If the locker room, you know, as has been reported, was as against him as, you know, we know it to be. You know, could they have, you know, stayed together throughout the whole year? I don't know. Right? I don't know. They probably wouldn't have the same regular season. But Connor, I'll be damned if they lose to the Panthers in round one with Bruce Cassidy as head coach. Because, first of all, he would never let that happen. I don't think. I don't think. I think just the way his structure was defensively. Now, again, they're probably not the one seed in the e- in, in the Atlantic. And, again, I know I'm playing, playing games here. But, I mean, you just have to wonder about the makeup of this team. You know, are, like, were they soft? Because they looked real soft in that seven-game series. And would harder, would harder coaching have made the difference? Again, these are things, these are hypotheticals. We don't know, but it's hard not to ask these questions now. Yeah, no, I mean, they Bruins looked straight up rattled, I, I think, in those final games, right? I mean, you saw it, especially after when you get to that overtime um, in game seven, like they were just skating through mud uh, in terms of how they were playing, just seemed uh, just completely out of it. You know, it's one thing where you can be a team that's dominated all year long, but you get punched in the mouth or you give up multiple, you know, late game leads in these games leading up to game seven. Um, they just didn't look prepared for it. You know, even Montgomery said the playoffs are a different animal. It's like, all right, well, you can say that, but also how many times this year have you talked about this veteran heavy team that has a couple of guys with hundreds of, of playoff uh, 
games under their resume, right? So um, they just looked like a team. Yeah, they look they look scared for a team that won sixty five wins, right? It's it's shocking to see how it ended this way. It's just it's so jarring when you look at a team over that again. It's not just this season, but you look at who anchors this team, and we've seen time and time again them deliver. Usually in the playoffs, I'm to say deliver in terms of winning a cup, but have gone on multiple deep runs, have had multiple late game comebacks, gutted out tough series. And to have it all implode like that in the manner it did, um, it's it's shocking. Like there's no other way to put it. Like I feel like we, I can run into like talking in circles about the way this series has gone, but how else can you put it when you have a team like this? Yeah, I mean, and you look at even like the Martian breakaway at game five. Yeah. Like, looking back to that, it's like we had no idea at that moment that if he just scores that thing, it's it's over. Uh, and and what ended up happening, um, what ended up happening afterwards? Uh, you're right though. And then the Krejci and Bergeron thing. You mentioned it a little earlier. Um, you know, Bergeron uh, felt like it was it. I mean, I know he's not going to say anything. I imagine he's probably not going to give that away at breakup day either. I imagine that's going to come during the summer. Krejci, probably a similar thing. Um, but. I I don't see a world in which they come back. I don't. I don't personally. Um, you look at everything they gave throughout the regular season. You look at um, the grind coming back for one more and to just lose in the first round. Like, yeah, you don't want to go out like this, but at their age, you really, with you know, Bergeron and his herniated disc and Krejci who was dealing with something, are they really going to come back for to do all of this again? A year older, like I, I just with with a worse team. The team is not going to be as good. Like it's you know, and as you said, maybe that's a good thing. I think that is a good thing. Be the two or three seed in the Atlantic, or be a wild card team. You know, maybe don't be the first seed. Um, but I mean, what do you feel on those guys? Because I don't know. It feels like they're yeah. kind of done. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it for Krejci. Which again, I think he had a pretty rough series, but. Would have been fitting if they got it out that game seven with a three point game from Krejci in that one, right? Like he at least delivered there. Um, Bergeron, it seems it's more up in the air. Like I probably lean towards it being his last game. Still play the high level during the regular season, but was just not right during the playoffs, obviously, right? I think what three games and minus six. Um, so yeah, I, I think for him, it shows all about whether you want to put yourself through it another year, right? Like it's a guy that has given his all for this team for almost two decades now. And this year seemed to be the the season where it was all going to come together. You go through the grind of off-season training, surgery. He had surgery in his elbow last year. We need to be seeing what other stuff he needs to get done this uh, upcoming summer. But um, you, you go through it all again at his age, for the, the chance of going on a deep run with this team, and it comes up short. It's like if this team lost in, let's say, the conference final, in a seven-game series, a hard-fought, series against like the the hurricanes or the rangers or someone like that maybe maybe it's you know you have the urge to come back but it's like you know i think a loss like this shows you just how much needs to go right or how much needs to fall your way or just how arduous this road can be that do you want to sign up for it again it's tough man right like do you want to put yourself through that one more time with a team that you know has probably less of an odds as you say of going through a, a run so it's tough, right? Like, I wouldn't put past Bergeron. I think, you know, guy's probably going to win another Selkie this year. So, I think can can play at a high level when he's healthy. But, again, ages, uh, you know, father time is undefeated when it comes to these things. So, 
Um, that remains to be seen. But if you're the Bruins, you're staring at a big problem this offseason in terms of you know how you view that that one-two punch down the middle going forward. Yeah, I mean, at least you have Zaka, who you know feels legitimate there. If you want to put Coyle up there, I don't know if he's to me not really a proven top six center to begin a season with. I mean, they've tried that; it didn't work. So you got to do something there. And like, do you sell off one of your wings? They're deep on the wing. Um, we'll see what what ends up happening there. You mentioned a little earlier that fourth line. Really, a lot of the bottom six is probably going to have to be kids. Um, saving money and, and things like that, which I you have to do. I don't know what else you do there. Um, in this series, though, I mean, Hathaway was, the, the comment section is, is right. I mean, Hathaway was not the force that he was supposed to be. You know, you signed up for the Garnet Hathaway that made life miserable on you with the caps. I Where was that? In the, I don't know. I mean, just wasn't there. Wasn't there at all. Um, and, you know, you can get into the Frederick versus Felino stuff on that left side uh, with Montgomery there. I mean, uh, but to me, the real issues with Montgomery with the lines came before game five, um, splitting up Martian and Bergeron and leading to that first goal that the Panthers scored. Like, seriously? I mean, I, I, I again, just a, a another prime example of overthinking every little move. It's like, it worked for you during the regular season. I know playoff hockey is different, but you're up three to one. What are you, do- what are you doing? <laughs> like what? You're up three games to one. What would be the reasoning for doing that? And, I, I mean, again, it, it just goes back to they were poorly coached in this series. They uh, And the Panthers wanted it more. And to me, it looked like the Panthers were a team that had nothing to lose and just said, we're going to go for it. And the Bruins were too afraid of losing. And that resulted in, as you said, Hampus Lindholm, who was a Norris contender during the year, flipping pucks over the glass, Struggling to get out of his own zone. I know, I think it was Bruins Stats on Twitter who tweeted out the advanced stats on, on Lindholm, and they were good. And we love advanced stats. We do. The Corsi 4 was great for him and all that stuff. And there were more goals for when he was out there than against. And I completely understand that. But there are times when the eye test doesn't lie. And man, did he have a bad series. And again, zero points in seven games. He's the only player who played all seven to have zero points. You know, I mean, again... A lot of shots blocked from the point. A lot of shots never even got off from the point. Like, no goals from any defenseman throughout this whole series. And I, I'm not just putting this on Lindholm. This is on everybody. McAvoy had some really bad games. And, you know, during the during you know during the season, we were like, oh, defensively, they're fine. Like, they've, they've got seven or eight NHL defensemen. They can basically just tinker in. It ended up being a problem because they got it wrong. Clifton out or Grizzlick out for Clifton and things like that. And it just, you know, there was just no structure either. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, it, it's just baffling just the way that they handled everything. Like you have so many guys who stepped into roles. And again, that's what I think Montgomery deserves a very sizable part of the blame pie here, but also it comes down to the players on the ice, right? Like, yes. Oh, over seven game series, you need to deal with fighting through that four check of getting, uh, you know, fighting inside ice, all these things that we talk about time and time again. And again, the Bruins had an abundance of riches in terms of having ways to augment their roster to deal with whatever they had, right? Whatever they were matched up against. And you looked at Florida's defense when they rolled out there. Um, seemed like the matchup, the Bruins were going to pot six or seven goals a game just from what we saw in the regular season, but couldn't get out of their own way, right? Just careless play with the puck, bad execution, bad breakouts. Um, and it all compounded in 
a series where you're just stuck looking at like, you know, you're shell shocked, right? It's almost like you, you never thought you'd get to this point, at least in this round. And then you just build towards it. And then Verhege scores and it's right off the cliff, right? It's just shocking how it kind of unraveled over the span of a couple of, a couple of days here. Yeah. Lots of second guessing. um, And just a choke. I mean, just a choke. And for Bruins fans, the most heartbreaking way for it to end Game seven, you don't show up for the first period and a half. You're down 2 nothing. Then you score. Then you score two in the third, and the place is just going bananas. And it's like, oh, here's the Bruins team we've been watching all year. They finally arrived. And just have it all crumble down with a minute left in the game for Montour to score that goal. Montour is a UMass guy. Montour did go to UMass, so I will. Montour like did. 11 weeks. But. Did go to UMass. It was not a long time, but he was there. He was at UMass. Um, but to have that happen and then, it fe- I mean, felt like it was over when the game went to overtime. And then you saw, I mean, Pashnok's shot. I know hit Bobrovsky's like the top of his stick. Uh, but still to me, I mean, again, the Panthers dominated that overtime period. Um, and it was a microcosm of the series. When it mattered most, the Bruins decided they didn't want to show up and... You know, again, I, I don't put it on Swayman. I don't think anyone's putting it on Swayman. Um, he no. was the most emotional um, after after Game 7. Uh, certainly more emotional than Linus Holmark was uh, than after Game 6. Uh, or Game it was Game 5 and 6. That um, And Linus Holmark's aloof, and that's that's fine. Um, but, you know, again, it just they just didn't seem that engaged. And, you know, obviously no one picked the Panthers, but you would expect the Bruins to take them seriously. And it just... I, I, in some ways, Connor, they almost did take them seriously because they took them so seriously they they considered themselves the underdog. You know, like they they were like, "Well, they're so good, we're actually not as good as they are." Um, so again, I mean, do you put before we head out? I mean, do you put this up? I mean, I think the main comp is twenty nineteen. Um, I don't put twenty ten in the same category, even though it was a choke. I mean, you won it the next year and you had a younger core. It was much different. I think in that sense, and you, it was also the second round, not the first round. You didn't have as high, exec, high of expectations. I would have no problem putting this on the same thing as 2019 because this was I mean, as heartbreaking as as that was, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's right there with it. I mean, I think you're one win away from a cup. That, that stings for a team that I think you were better than. But I think this one is just painful because of just what the stakes are involved. And in fact, you had multiple times you could shut this shut the series out right and go on to toronto and who knows what happens there right so uh, i feel like 2018 will still sting more just because of how close you were with such a very such a great team there but i think you look at just what the ramifications are off of a season left unrealized and to end in round one right um because again regardless of how they approach things it's going to be a very very different team it's not to say they're going to be imploding or falling down the cellar of the Atlantic, what have you, but you're never going to have a, a, a team probably as deep as this one in some time, uh, at least ones that we expect. And, you know, for what could have been the last run for so many guys, you know, people mentioned the last dance and what stands with, and you know, what, uh, what that means and what this team was playing for. Bruins didn't get their last chance. They didn't even get led into the prom. They were out front, like the door was locked. So they showed up like t- 20 minutes late. The guidance counselor wouldn't let him into the prom. Like, no, you, you go, go. The, li- the so limo, you're supposed to go would, there and the, the yeah. tire broke. The, the tire Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they to go home. They're just drinking, 
just drinking beers in like the the basement. That's what they did instead. It, it's it just completely unraveled uh, for this team in in shocking fashion, to, to put it lightly. Yeah, pathetic. I mean, and again, uh, all the positivity all year it just came crashing down, completely crashed, and uh, just a colossal collapse in Game Seven. And it collapsed over the series. It, again, it wasn't like the Bruins were dominant through the first four games either. Like, there were so many issues. And we're like, oh, but you know what? It's 3-1. It's 3-1. Like, they'll find a way. There's no way they lose three straight games uh, for the second time all season. And they did. Um, but there will be a lot more coverage coming. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to be covered throughout this uh, very uh, interesting offseason. There's a lot of moves to be made, I think, for this team as they try to retool and move on from uh, this first-run failure. So we'll have you covered every step of the way, from breakup day to the draft to free agency to dev camp. All of it will have you covered over at boston.com and the Globe. So please read over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And remember to go subscribe to New England Hockey Journal. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Bruins Beat listeners and viewers, have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.